And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, Rob Bohr, CEO of Bohr Design and Remodel. I said, you know, don't tell me how high you can jump praising the Lord. Tell me how straight you can walk when you come down. I want to see you walk it out every day. I want to see you follow Him. Then I know I can trust you. That's, that's important. Well, folks, this is the program where we tour the country and we interview some of America's top Christian business leaders, marketplace leaders, and celebrities to learn how these high-capacity, very successful leaders, how they think, how they plan, how they work, how they lead, lessons learned, advice and counsel to pass along, and so forth. And I am your co-host, Ray Hilbert. If this is your first time uh, checking out the Bottom Line Faith program, please visit the website at bottomlinefaith.org, and you can subscribe there and listen to all the other interviews that we have recorded. And if you are a Christ follower in business and you are interested in the tools and resources that are available to you through the Ministry of Truth at Work, which is the host of this program, please check out our website at truthatwork.org. That's truthatwork.org. Well, folks, I am in beautiful, beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. It's a beautiful spring day, and I am with Rob Bohr. He is the CEO and founder of Bohr Design and Remodel, and we are going to have a great time today. Just as Rob and I have been getting to know each other, he's got a great smile. Of course, you can't see that on the program, but this is a man that loves Jesus and is having a tremendous amount of success and is actually doing some cutting-edge things in his industry through his company. We'll get to all that in just a little bit, but Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ray. It's a pleasure to be here. It is a fun time to be together today, and so we're going to talk about business and life and leadership and all the great things that we like to visit here at Bottom Line Faith. But before we do that, take a couple of moments and share with our audience a little bit about your faith journey and how it is that you came to Christ. Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, and in that I had accepted Christ as my Savior at nine years old. But then uh, around age 17... I was uh, looking, uh, maybe a little rebellion had spilled in there, I, but I was looking for my own personal relationship with God, yeah. not just uh, this one that I had inherited through the gift from my family, you know. And uh, and I actually got extremely serious about that and was praying, uh, which I didn't spend a lot of time doing in the past, uh, asking you know God to, to really show Himself to me so that I could have a better relationship with Him. And uh, it was about a week later that I met several people, mm-hmm. and during that time, they shared scripture verses with me. They they cared about me. They encouraged me, and uh, and really told me things about God that I never knew. That I had always hoped of, of exactly what He would be like, yeah. but had uh, it took uh, it really took some some time of just earnestly seeking Him in order to find out or to find Him and find that closeness. Of a relationship. What was different for you once that decision was made? You know, I think the biggest thing is the uh, the feeling of forgiveness, of being washed clean. Um, that was something that was constant. That everything that I had ever done, mm-hmm. you know, that that he said he would set it aside, and uh, that it, we would never bring it up again, and <laughs> that I could start over and I could start over fresh uh, every moment, every day. I could pray to him all day long, not just uh, before a test or on Sunday mornings. Right, right. And uh, and I actually, it had actually evolved into a relationship. 
we were talking earlier, I think you described that as the abundant life. Yes. The, one of the verses that, and actually, uh, I guess uh, some people call them life verses. Uh, I had a life verse before I knew it was called life uh-huh. verse. All right, right. <laughs> and it was uh, John 10, 10. Uh, it's where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And when I heard that verse for the first time, it was like, I knew there was more to Christianity and Jesus just promised me abundant life and he can't lie. And because of that, I'm going to claim this and I'm going to expect him to make my life abundant. That's beautiful. And he did. And he did. And so there was a transformation in your life, but let's transition then. Let's learn about your company. Let's learn what you, you do here. You started this company in 1973. 40, 44 years ago. My goodness, 44 years ago. First of all, congratulations. What a milestone to have a company around that long. Tell us a little bit about what caused you to start the company and what you guys do. You know, my, my father had always had a workshop. And so I had picked up carpentry skills, and my dad liked to refinish furniture also. And I started doing that, and my customers asked me to do other things for them. And all of a sudden, it was like, well, sure, there's no problem doing that. And so that continued to grow and blossom. And then a friend mentioned that I could get in with a carpenter's apprenticeship program. I did that for four years and graduated from that group. And But before I graduated uh, doing that, we were building mostly commercial yeah. uh, projects. Um, then... Uh, I had a, a group of friends and relatives who said, let's form a remodeling company and go into business for ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I really just wanted to take this, the one gift that I could find in my life as I was seeking God's will. The one thing that I knew I had some ability in and do more with it. And yeah. that's how this thing of like, having a hammer in my hand and carpentry, that's how that developed. But, you know, one of the things about that was to what. The verse of scripture that says, whatever you do, do it with your whole heart. Yeah. And I felt, well, what if I, instead of just driving nails or just being a carpenter, is there is there more to this? What could I learn as I do this? And yeah. so I began to really invest more time and energy into into the business and learning the business. And then we went to work our, uh, the way we stayed in business, we actually worked for decorators who were working for high-end clients. Okay. okay. And so we did a lot of custom remodeling. Um and every day was different. It was all residential. And as the business grew from there, it actually got to the point where we were doing sketches for the decorators. And we realized they were selling our sketches to the homeowners. And so we asked, could we do a better sketch and sell it to you? So this is pre-CAD, right? This is pre-computer aid design. This, this is, is back hand- with pencils. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Cutting edge. And so we were drawing in 3D. One of the fellows in in our group had uh, really good skills, and he was teaching us so that we could just get by. And so we would actually, and then got to the point later on where I had two artists on staff who were drawing full-time, drawing in 3D so that our client could understand what we were going to do, which eliminated confusion, made them feel safer, better communication. And uh, all the way up until that actually went on to, we really became a design and remodel company. And uh, back um, right around 2000, they came out with computer programs that you could use and draw on computer. And so we went to that. So for whatever, 14, 15 years, 16, whatever it's, it's, we've been drawing on everything on computer. And so we do the virtual tours. It's the same thing you see on a lot of HGTV or DIY network shows. But you were on the cutting edge of that. Yeah, it was um, it was not being done anywhere at that point, but obviously some people were experimenting and they were writing the software. 
And so it got to the point where the uh, the drawings literally became so good and looked so realistic they even fooled me. I, you know, it would. Uh, I, I remember one day when I was I was I said I thought we had a shelf in the corner of the kitchen here, <laughs> and the guy said Rob, you're looking at the picture on virtual. You need to flip over to the real, and because they had modified the homeowner had asked him to remove the shelf or, and and it was like anyway it was just one of those things where. Um, it became so good that when it confused me, uh, then I knew, boy, this is, this is the way to go because people can understand it. People can actually speak construction when they can see it. Yeah. I love that phrase too. Cause that, that puts a word picture in my mind, right? Cause I may not know the technical terms, mm -hmm. but I know, uh, I'd like an outlet there. I'd like a vent here. I'd like a faucet, yes. whatever, right? That's, that's putting it into, into pictures. Well, folks, this is Ray Hilbert, co-host at Bottom Line Faith, and we are talking with Rob Bohr, the CEO and founder of Bohr Design and Remodel in Birmingham, Alabama. So we've learned a little bit of his background, how he came to Christ, uh, also uh, what led to him starting his company really really like kind of emanated out of just his own hands-on skill sets being honed and developed over time and then over a 17-year period of time was really cutting edge in this industry and home remodel and design and and uh, what's probably in a lot of ways become commonplace in an industry now but Beginning you really to. were on the on the front edge of that and so that's great stuff so now rob with with your permission what i'd like to do is i'd like to transition our conversation and talk about lessons learned talk about some of the ups some of the downs and really let's use this next segment of the program to maybe be an encouragement or an educational piece for other christian leaders that are listening to the program so can you can you remember one of the hardest decisions you ever had to make in business? And if so, what role did your faith play in that? Yeah, probably the hardest is because I've always owned a remodeling company. And then I would also, I would buy other companies and they would work all together in association. This is actually my, um, I've just started my 25th uh, company. And some of those would, you know, succeeded. Some of them were great and some of them weren't. And so we were constantly learning lessons every time that happened. We would buy plumbing companies, electrical companies, yeah. millworks companies, different things. But one in particular, gosh, it was probably 30-something years ago when one of the businesses failed, and it was just so bad, and there was no way to clean it up. At that point, had it. you had another business that had failed, or was this your first time going through a, a real business failure? This was probably my first time. All right. All right. And that's why I think it yeah. is still is so significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I had gone through something like that today, it probably wouldn't affect me the same way because you learn. But it was the kind of thing where I, you know, I literally quit eating and I didn't realize it. But the, uh, the stress of trying to fix things and, and trying to get everything taken care of, uh, the debts that were piling up from it. Yeah. But I realized this is not going to be good yeah. if I keep doing yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and the, the sad thing about that is, you know, when you don't have friends around, if you don't have a group or mentors you know, like that, which at that time I didn't, uh, they could have easily said something's going on. And where I don't see it from my from this side of my eyes, and it was uh, I really had to realize I I have no desire to eat, but I need to make myself eat again, and and I re and I remember sitting down at, at a meal and uh, and then just making myself eat some food, but it it had actually hit me or cut me that deep, and um, and so and from that then you know getting more strength back and and. And moving forward until uh, you know, and beginning to heal from it, and actually, it, I think it took um, 
I think it took six to eight years to pay that debt off. Um, and, and from that it was, it was back up. It was do other things, do mm-hmm. smaller things, but continue, you know, to focus on that and get it all cleaned up, uh, so that we can move ahead. And so uh, as a follower of Christ, where was your faith in all of that? You know, we're talking about this abundant life a few yeah. moments ago, and now here's really a, a guy who's somewhat devastated by circumstances. Kind of Absolutely. help us process that. Well, you know, it's, um, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm experiencing what everyone else does That's right. in, in their life every day. And the difference was uh, in, in coming out of it and paying off the debt is that I, I believe that I could learn from it. I believe uh, I had hope because of my relationship with Christ that this could be used, could be turned into something good, that it was something horrible, uh, but it could be it could be healed and uh, and it could be stronger. And it was really having that and having uh, having him to talk to every mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. as we fought that battle and then decided, you know, there's there's got to be something, you know, is a part of it, I think, is that you take action. It's that, you know, God, I, I need to meet you today, and I'm going to head down this road because th- I think you're on yeah. this road. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here anymore and do nothing. And there are many scriptures that talk about, it's, you know, it's like the Lord meets you on the way. And, but I have to, I had, by faith, I had to move ahead and take one step after the other. And it is amazing as I look back on how many different people I talked to during that time who identified with yeah. what I was going through. Yeah. There were a lot of people who had no idea what I was going through, and, and that hurt even more. But, uh, but the Lord was faithful, and he had a plan uh, that, was, that was bigger than, than, uh, than I understood, and I had to trust that. As I'm listening to that, that chapter in your life, and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm sure with 20-some businesses bought and, and either sold or terminated or whatever— Probably not the only failed business would be my guess. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But um, would it be safe to say that you had the the battle internally was understanding the difference between failing and being a failure? It's a huge difference. And actually, that was one of the one of the phrases that I, um, I appreciate you bringing it up, that I, uh, the phrases I held on to is that I remember one day specifically saying, I have failed, but I am not a failure. That was like finding light in a dark cave, yes. you know, knowing that this is one part of my life, and I'll probably have more like it. And I, and I did, yeah. and I've had worse. But that was, uh, but at that moment, at that point of my, you know, Christian walk of my personal, you know, uh, yes. age and years, yes. um, it was monumental. I really do look back at it as a gift. The things that changed because of that now. When I can, I can look back and see it. You see a little the tracings of God's hand through all of it. That's fantastic, folks. We are talking with Rob Bohr, the CEO and founder of Bohr Design and Remodel in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Rob, I'm curious as you think about how you've conducted business now over four decades. Could you share with our audience maybe just one or two best practices that you have tried to build your businesses on and your leadership upon? Uh, and and what biblical principle were behind those best practices? You know, uh, years ago, someone had mentioned the verse to me, and I never, I never even thought about it. It was almost like one of those throwaway verses. Yeah. Um, out of Proverbs, where it said, "Wisdom cries in the streets." 
And that was one of those verses that just stuck with me Mm. because to me, what Solomon was saying in that was that the information and the knowledge that you need is all around you. Yeah. It's right in front of your face. Mm. And then I learned later that it is there, but you'll never see it unless you're hungry and you're thirsty for it. The Lord made, uh, he actually, in, in essence, built a barrier that said, if you seek me with all your heart, then you can find me. And until in my life, until I wanted to seek him personally, yeah. then until that happened, I w- didn't have the relationship that I wanted. And it was the same, I, st- I began to realize with wisdom was that that it's not, it's it's extremely elus- elusive, it's out there, yeah. but it's so close if you'll just stop, if you'll just stop and uh, and examine the things around you, that everything that you need to know is actually sitting around you in its simplest form. It's not as complicated as you think it is. Uh, if you'll simplify, you know, that and, and look at the basics, then you, you know what to do. You know what direction to go next. Another verse is the one where David is going to fight the giant Goliath. And he stops by the stream and he, uh, as he's going down across the valley and he picks up five stones out of the creek and then he loads that and, and slings his, his uh, sling and, uh, or spins his sling, I guess I should, I should say. And, and then he's able to kill uh, Goliath and, you know, the, everything works out. But the thing that I remembered the most about that is one day in particular was that David picked up five stones. If that first stone didn't get him, he had four more. Yeah. And the way that that translated to my business was that every business problem that I ever come up against, I immediately say there are five solutions. You know, one of them is the best. Yeah. And it's going to work. Yeah. But you're not limited by solutions. God provided five stones for David to grab. And there are plenty of solutions. God is not limited in how he can help you and take care of you in your life. I mean, you have to realize he's that kind of God, is that he is more than able to save you or to help you and, and make you more than a conqueror. And so it was. it's principles like that where yeah. you hear the verse, but you begin to translate them just a little bit. Dig a little deeper. Toward right? business. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, the other is to you know, study to show yourself approved you know, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. And, and it was, and one of my, uh, a friend mentioned I should read 12 uh, books a year, make a list and read those books. And I started doing that. And then a mentor of mine said, you should read a book a day. Oh, wow. Every month. And you should read the new Testament every month. And, uh, and I had always wanted to do that, but that was one of those things that I thought that's <laughs> never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like, how do you get to that point? How do you how do you discipline yourself? How do you how do you make that happen? And um, actually, I got to the point. Um, and for me, what really helped was the uh, audio books, and uh, also the fact that I've I've uh, been able to train myself now to listen at one point seven five speed. I can't listen at, at two times the speed. But with that, what I do is I actually read 70 books every month, and uh, 66 of those are the Bible. So I read the Bible every month. The New Testament takes five days, and the Old Testament takes uh, 20 days. And uh, this is that's one of the things that I've done lately is that we I, f- I feel that we have so much possibility 
and we're not tapped in to the source of that. And by reading the scriptures constantly and, uh, you know, pouring, you know, getting that information constantly uh, that's weighing against every decision that you make, um, then that got me up to about 840 books a year or something like that that I read. (laughs) But actually, I've told my friends, I said, you know, I've been doing this, but at, at this point, I'm going to slow down. And uh, and start reading just the New Testament again. That thing that I couldn't do now would be so easy yeah. to do because I just there are days when I get lost with those Old Testament prophets yeah. and uh, yeah. where I really would just like to go for a walk with Jesus for a while <laughs> and be in the New Testament again. Just to slow down, you know. In fact, uh, the last several interviews that I've been able to do here at Bottom Line Faith, there's been this theme, and, and there's just been a lot of conversation around slowing down. Uh, not getting so caught up in the pace, not getting so wrapped up in the circumstance and just trusting God and really getting into His Word and allowing Him to speak to us because, yes, that Word is uh, fixed and it's rooted, but it's also living and it's breathing, and, and He wants to speak to us today through mm-hmm. His Word. Right, absolutely. And and, and that's what I've, I'm finding is that I've, I'm now consuming bulk information but I'm missing the meditation part of yeah. concentrating on a verse because you can hear, like with my other examples, you can hear one small piece of a verse that can give you exactly what you need. And I really feel that I need more of that time yeah. uh, where where I can concentrate on smaller segments and take my time so that I can really understand and get the full value out of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Believe it or not, we are getting near the end. This this 30 minutes always goes so fast, and I know you have a lot to share. And I've got one big question that I'm kind of holding on to for the end here, but uh, is there anything else on your heart or mind that you would want to pass along to uh, maybe there's a business owner or leader who's listening to the program right now, they're frustrated, they're discouraged, they're disappointed, they, they have circumstances beyond repair, it seems like. Is there anything that you would want to pass along at this point while you have the chance? Yeah, Ray. One of the I probably the, one of the biggest things that I went through is that uh, I was working so hard as I was building my business, and I felt well, I can work even harder. And then it got to the point where I was working around the clock, yeah, and not sleeping. Sounds uh, like not eating sometimes too. Well, and, and that was part of it. <laughs> and but I was uh, I would actually would uh, you know build cabinets all night long and then go install them the next morning, and uh, or you'd you'd wind up skipping meals, things like that. And I had. I had gotten to the point where I had proven to myself that I will work and I will work hard, but but I really wasn't working smart. And uh, I was actually condemning a friend of mine. My wife and I were sitting out by the pool one evening and I was condemning a friend of mine because she mentioned that he had not, you know, been able to come home for dinner to eat with his family. And I was kind of letting him have it to her. And she said, you know that you don't ever eat supper with us. Uh, and I said, well, what do you mean? I, I eat supper here every night. And she said, you come in and we've already had supper and you tuck the kids in and then you come down and you warm your food and eat and you work till two in the morning. And then, you know, and that's our cycle. And I realized I had just condemned my buddy for doing what I was doing. And I also saw what it was doing to my family. Yeah which is nothing, something I would have never wanted to do. Of course. And about a week later, um, I apologized immediately to my wife. And, I, and we've learned, we have that communication style where I can say, I don't have an answer yet, but I'm, I'm going to concentrate on this. I'm going to think this through and I'll, we'll just get back together and we'll talk about it again. 
And about a week later, I went to her and I said, I will work a 40 hour work week. I will go in and in the morning, you know, eight o'clock, I will get off at five and I will come home. And if I cannot survive in this business on a regular hour work week, no nights, no weekends, uh, then I'll, I'll go for a different career. You know, I'm not giving up my family for this. And one of my relatives was 39 years old, you know, building houses, yeah. and, he, and he died at 39. And I was like, I said, we're not doing it. So it's about how you use your time because the time equals your life. Yeah. And what happened that next year is that my business doubled. I worked less to hours, but I worked smarter. And I worked with a smaller crew, but we produced more work. And my life began, began to change because I got those priorities in place and, uh, and changed for the better. And it's like, that's probably one of the most important things I can pass along. Oh, that's beautiful. And uh, Jesus said, you know, what gaineth a man if he gains the whole world or if he has the most thriving of business and yet in the process loses his own soul or right. his family or his health or whatever the case may be. So uh, I'm sure right now there's uh, somebody listening to this program needed to hear that, that right now uh, perhaps your spouse or your kids or a loved one has been saying, hey, you need to slow down. You need to come home, not only physically, but you need to be here emotionally <laughs> right. and mentally as well. And and maybe just maybe this was a time for you to be encouraged that, uh, as Rob just shared, he did that and God blessed his business. And uh, the Word says that we need to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things, customers and cash flow and profitability and the right vendors, all those things in His time He will add unto you. And so Rob's just reminded, of, reminded us of that very important biblical truth. Well, Rob, believe it or not, we're at the end of our program, but I promised <laughs> there was a question that I was going to ask. In Proverbs 4.23, Solomon writes... Above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. There are some biblical scholars who believe that the, these were among the last words that Solomon wrote. The Bible describes him as the wisest, richest man who had ever lived. So now imagine potentially he's at the end of his life. He's just gathered his loved ones, his friends around, and he has said, Now look, I know I've given you all this other counsel. I've given you all this other wisdom. But above all else, guard your heart. So, Rob, if we're at the end of your time on this side of eternity and you have the chance to gather your friends, your loved ones, those who are most precious to you, what would be your above all else? I would say that it, uh, the experience that I went through in my life of you know, personally wanting to be a preacher, but then struggling uh, with that decision, and, then when I, and, and doing all of this when I was younger, but... Um, and then finally surrendering, you know, to that call, uh, right about you know, right about the time after the uh, we had wrapped up with the band, and uh, finally just saying, forget everything, you know, everything and everybody. I'm I'm going. I'm going to do what he what God wants me to do. And so in prayer, I went to him and I said, Lord, I'm ready, you know, to to go that direction. And. Uh, which was a big decision for me. And then God said to me, let me get back to you on that, which I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to answer but me. But look, I, you know, I, I, I just did it, what everybody has always wanted me to do. And then I realized what I was saying. I've just, you know, I've just gone this, the, you know, the best direction you can possibly go. And he said, just seek me. 
just keep seeking me. And so from that, from wanting to be a, you know, the pers- a person who spoke and saved souls, instead, what he had in mind for me was to become a friend of sinners, is to get to know people, to pull them in, to take care of them, to provide for their families, to encourage them, to save marriages in the process, to enable businesses to succeed, my vendors to succeed, trade contractors to be respected, you know, it's like get your get your bills paid. Don't you know? Give your tithe to the church. And when I weigh that on one side and the other, it's like, it, like I used to say to my friends when I tried to sum it up. I said, you know, don't tell me how high you can jump praising the Lord. Tell me how straight you can walk when you come down. Hmm. I want to see you walk it out every day. I want to see you follow Him. Then I know I can trust you. That's that's important. So it really is. I've taken some notes here at the end of the day, above all else, is keep seeking God and follow His ways is what I'm hearing in that. Would you agree? It is. Absolutely. He has a plan that's bigger than your plan. Trust it. Very good. Wow. Well, folks, as, as quite often is the case, this, this half hour goes so fast, and I know there's much more we could learn from <laughs> Rob, and he prepared to share with us, but doggone it. This side of eternity, time is one of our limiting factors. We are so grateful for the opportunity to share with you on this edition of Bottom Line Faith. Rob, if uh, someone would like to learn more about your company or more about you, where, where can they find you on the web? Yeah, the easiest way, actually, if they can, uh, would just to uh, be to email me, Rob. Okay at remodelit.info rob at remodelit.info thanks so much rob this has been bottom line faith and i am your co-host ray hilbert god bless and we'll see you soon bottom line faith is a production of truth at work if you'd like to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes just enter your email address on our website bottomlinefaith.org download and subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And you can download and listen to every Bottom Line Faith episode at bottomlinefaith.org.